The following message is brought to you by New Song Church and Pastor Joshua Blunt in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. For more information on New Song, visit us online at newsongpeople.com. song church how are you guys doing this morning so good to see you you're looking good this morning turn the person beside you say you look good make sure if you're married it's the person you're married to I can be trouble I don't want to do that so good to see you hey if you're here and this is your first time at new song church just want to welcome you say thanks for coming hope that you feel at home here today And uh, if you need anything, we're here to serve you. There's people all around this place that have name tags on. If you have any questions or need anything, please let us know. Uh, We want you to feel at home. We want you to know we've been praying for you. Uh, We're believing God for people like you to come to this place and find a home here. And uh, so we're so glad that you came today. Uh, After the service is over, I'll be out in the lobby along with my wife, and we'd love to meet you. I actually have a gift for you, so make sure that you stop by and say hi. Let's pray. Lord, we love you this morning. We thank you for your goodness. Thank you for this worship that we had this morning, Lord. Thank you that we're here today to hear from you. And your word says that you inhabit the praises of your people. And we sense that today, Lord. You're here today. Uh, You've come to dwell in this place. And so we ask that you would continue to move. As we look at your word this morning, we pray that it would come alive, that you would reveal it to us, that the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened, that we'd see it like we've never seen it before. And I pray, Lord, that over the next few moments that I would disappear and that the loudest voice in this room would be the voice of the Holy Spirit speaking to us, leading us, and guiding us into all truth. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. 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 Hey, help me welcome those who are watching online right now, all of you that are tuned in with us. We're so glad that you're watching with us. If you have your Bible, go ahead and get it out. We're continuing our series that we started last week. We're talking about the Holy Spirit. We're talking about how he wants to be within you. If you were here last week, my wife began this series by talking about the rivers of living water that the Holy Spirit wants to provide for you. This is kind of our theme text for this series. John 7, 37 and 39 says, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Jesus wasn't talking about your natural thirst here. He was talking about people who are thirsty for more, people who recognize that there's more than just maybe what we're going through, what we're dealing with in this world. He said, come to me. Now check this out. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within. Everybody say within. Within them. By this he meant the spirit. And so Sarah began last week by talking about how the Holy Spirit wants to to be the source within you that that produces fruitfulness in you and and produces fruitfulness from you. And, and so today, I want to kind of build on that a little bit more, and I want to talk about who the Holy Spirit wants to be in you and through you and, and how he works. And in order to do that, we have to kind of look at the, the actual name, Holy Spirit, or you maybe heard it before, the Holy Ghost, which kind of puts some kind of, you know, creepy thoughts in your mind, maybe, but, but he's not creepy, he's not weird. I'll show you that today. But 800 times in Scripture, in the Old Testament and the New Testament, we see Uh, the word Holy Spirit or the name Holy Spirit. In the Old Testament, it's the Hebrew word ruach, ruach. In order to say it, you got to like, it's kind of like you got some food in the back of your throat. You got to kind of hawk up a little bit, a little ruach. Everybody say it with me. One, two, three, ruach. All right, good job. That's a fun word. And uh, and then in the New Testament, it's the word pneuma, pneuma. It's got a P in it, but the P is silent. Pneuma. It's not pneuma, pneuma, okay? 
And both of these words mean the breath of God or the wind of God. And synonymous with this name Holy Spirit or Holy Ghost in Scripture, we find life. We find that it's life-giving. In fact, at the beginning of the Bible in Genesis, we find that the Bible says that the Spirit of God hovered over the world and then creation takes place and God breathes life into this world. Jesus later on talks about how his words are spirit, that's the word pneuma, and they are life. So, so spirit and life are synonymous. And what I want to show you today is how the Holy Spirit wants to be this this breath of fresh air in your life, this wind, this, he wants you to breathe deeply in the Holy Spirit so he can breathe life into your life. Now, some of you may find this kind of hard to believe, uh, but when I was a kid, I was really into horses. And at one point in my life, I actually wanted to be a PRCA team roper cowboy. I have participated in rodeos, people, for real. And, uh, and so when I was a kid, when I was about 12 years old, I got my first horse. His name was Jake, right? I got a picture of him. You guys, this is the best picture I have. I don't know what the deal was. My mom didn't love me, I guess, enough to take pictures of me with my horse, but just throwing my mom under the bus this morning. What's, yeah, she's, okay, she loved me. But anyways, that's Jake, and that's, that's me. And uh, so Jake was my first horse. Now Jake Lippert, some of you laughing because you know Jake. He's my new horse. He... <laughs> He's the one that pulls all the heavy loads here. He's our set up and tear down guy. We've saddled him up and uh, he's, he's great. We love him. I gave you a shout out in first service, but you weren't in here because he was serving in twos and threes. Like that's Jake Lipper. Let's give Jake a hand this morning. We really do appreciate you, Jake. You are one great horse. But my first horse, Jake, uh, I got him when he was, a, he was a yearling, just a little over one years old. He was, he was saddle broken. But what I wanted to do was turn him into a team roping horse. And so I began to train him. Now, the thing about him, the reason I got him, he was really fast. He was really strong. He was really smart. In fact, I remember one time we were out feeding a bunch of these horses. And we had this dog that would sit on the truck. And as we were pouring out the feed, this dog would kind of bark and keep the horses away from coming up to the truck and trying to get feed off the truck. Because they could get hurt. They could run into the truck. It was just a big mess. So he would bark at them. Well, one day my horse got mad kind of fed up with it. So he just runs up to the truck, grabs this dog by the neck with his teeth and just throws him about 30 yards. But that's actually a really good sign. Like you see in him, like, okay, he's smart. He's thinking things through here. So that was Jake. He's this really amazing horse. And so I started training him and he got good at it, man. I put him in the chute and that steer would come out and he would go after that thing and he would track it. I didn't have to, I could just basically lay the rope on, on, on whatever I was trying to rope. It's really cool. So one day I'm, I'm, I've got Jake and I've just saddled him up. This is funny because I keep thinking, I've saddled up Jake and, and we're walking down this hill and just walking, not loping, not running, just walking. And all of a sudden, like the next thing I know, like I'm on my side, like something happened and his legs, it was like something knocked his legs out from underneath him and he fell down and, and I came coming down with it. It happened so quick. Like I'm just walking and then boom, you're just on your side. So knock the wind out of me. He's on my leg. Like I eventually got out from underneath him. I'm about 12, maybe 13 years old and I'm hurt, but I'm not hurt bad, but I'm more concerned about my horse because he's just laying there. Like he won't move. He's just kind of laying there, he's kind of breathing shallowly. And I'm looking at him. I'm like, I don't know what's wrong, but I know that he needs help. And so I thought, well, I can just get his saddle off him. So I began to start taking his saddle off. And I remember I loosened up his latigo from the cinch. And the cinch is the part on the front of the horse that you, you tighten the saddle up to the horse with. And when I loosened it, he just popped up. And he just jumped up and he stood there and he just kind of looked at me. And I'm looking at him. I'm like, 
bro, I mean, are you okay? Like, what's going on? And so I took him back to the barn because I I just wanted to make sure he was okay. And the head wrangler was there, this guy named Ronnie. And Ronnie was a man's man. Like, this is a head, this is a guy who's been around horses his whole life. Ronnie, I saw this, people. One day, he, he got cut and had to put, get stitches. He didn't go to the doctor. He went into the horse cabinet, got purple medicine, rubbed it on his arm, and stitched himself up with the stuff that he stitches the horses up with. Like, this is the real deal kind of dude. So I went up to him, and I was like, what do you think happened here? He said, well, probably when you cinched him up to put the saddle on him, he may have been breathing in. And you cinched him up too tight and he couldn't get a deep breath. And so he just was kind of running out of air and eventually just passed out. <laughs> so, so I was sure to keep that cinch loose from that moment on. But I learned something that day. You know, my horse, who's this fast, smart, powerful animal. I mean, to this day, like we still gauge power like in a vehicle by horses. I don't know how we do it, but this, this car has this many horses of power. But this powerful animal was rendered powerless. Why? Because he couldn't breathe. He couldn't take a deep breath. For some of you, as I was thinking this week, I, I, I thought of that story and I, I just, the Holy Spirit kind of revealed to me, like, that's where you find yourself. You're going through life and you're gasping. And, and because you're not breathing deep of the Spirit of God, you're, you're struggling. And you, you don't have the power you need. You know, your breath affects your body in, in a great way. It affects your brain. It affects your blood. It, it affects the oxygen in your blood. It, it does a lot for you. And when you don't have it, like you can't think straight. You don't have the energy. And some of you, you don't have the energy you need. I'm talking about physically. I'm talking about spiritual energy you need. You don't have the, you're not thinking straight. Your mind ain't right. You're not thinking clearly because you don't have the Spirit of God breathing life into your thoughts and into your thinking. And so I want to help you today to understand how to breathe deep of the Spirit of God, how to invite the Holy Spirit so that He can breathe fresh air, fresh wind into your sails so that He can move you forward into the life He's called you to. So so kind of like what Sarah did last week with living water, I want to do this week with living wind. I want to talk to you about wind. And I want to draw some parallels between, between how wind works and how the Holy Spirit wants to work in your life. And my hope for you today is that you would become very comfortable with the Holy Spirit. I think one of the biggest reasons why a lot of people don't experience the help of the Holy Spirit is because they just lack knowledge. The knowledge they have is not good. Maybe they, have, they don't understand who the Holy Spirit wants to be or they've seen things that have them kind of freaked out. And so I, I wanna blow some of that stuff up today so that you will embrace fully and breathe deeply of the Holy Spirit today. Sound good? Okay, so four parallels between wind and the Holy Spirit. Here's the first one. Wind is unseen. Wind is unseen. You can't see wind. You can't grab wind. You can't touch wind. And yet you can have experiences with wind, can't you? We've all been there before, like on a hot day. You know, it's one of those Oklahoma hot days, which is hot and muggy and kind of days, right? And all of a sudden, there's a little breeze that blows through. And what do we say? Oh, man, that feels so good. And if you're with people, the people around you aren't like, dude, what are you talking about? I don't see anything. What do you mean you feel something? Like, you're crazy. No, because we all understand. Even though you can't see wind, you can't grab it, you can experience it. You can feel it. And in the same way, we can't see God. We can't see the Holy Spirit. But you can have experiences with the Holy Spirit. You can have moments where you feel 
through the Holy Spirit, the love of God. When you feel rejected, you feel unaccepted, you can feel the acceptance and approval of God through the Holy Spirit. Maybe you're, you're feeling some fear, feeling overwhelmed by circumstances. You can, you can experience and feel the power of God to overcome those circumstances. You can experience the warning of God through the Holy Spirit. In fact, we're, we're doing something in, in our teams right now with our groups right now. In fact, and I encourage you, especially if you're in a small group, to do this. Since we're in this series about the Holy Spirit, we're talking about and expecting to have encounters with the Holy Spirit. We're expecting the Holy Spirit to show up. And so we're just, we've just opened up a text thread and we're just talking about it. So when stuff happens, we share it with each other. And I encourage you to do the same thing. And so I, I heard earlier this week, there's a girl in our team that, that she had this moment where she was in her house, she was sitting in her living room, and then all of a sudden she just had this kind of like warning. It wasn't fear, but it was just like, hey, go check on your kids. And so she went back into her kids' room. She's got a five-year-old son and a one-year-old daughter. And she found that her five-year-old son was trying to help his sister onto the top bunk. And he was carrying her up the ladder upside down and was now trying to pull her over the top ledge upside down into this bed. And mama says, okay, here we go. Mm, no to that. I bet she's grateful that she had an experience with the warning of the Holy Spirit. I know I've been grateful. I've had that in my life. Warnings from the Holy Spirit. Listen, God wants you to, be, to, to experience him. He wants you to feel. Now, now, hear me. We don't walk by our feelings, okay? I'm not saying that. We walk by faith and not by sight. And we believe that God is with us and for us and working in our life, whether we feel him or not. So I, I get it, the old saying, you know, we don't run on our feelings. I totally agree with, but it is nice sometimes to feel what you're running on. Can I get an amen? amen. And there are times that the Holy Spirit wants to show up in your life and have encounters with you and have moments where you experience him and know that he's there. In, in fact, the Bible says it like this. This is, uh, let me see, I'm kind of beyond my notes here. Uh, Philippians 3.10 Paul's talking here. He says, I want to know Christ. Or he's saying, I want to have a relationship with Jesus. And check this out. And experience. Somebody say experience. experience. Experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. Well, the Bible also tells us that the same power that raised Christ Jesus from the dead lives in you. That's talking about the Holy Spirit. So, so here's what this verse tells us. The byproduct of knowing God is experiencing the Holy Spirit. Let me show it to you again. I want to know Christ. I want to have a relationship with Jesus. And I want to experience the mighty power. I want to have experiences with the Holy Spirit. Listen, that's how relationships work. When you have a real relationship with someone and you know them, you have encounters with them. You have experiences with them, don't you? And those experiences, those encounters help shape your life with them. Not, not too long ago, I was at a conference. And uh, I was kind of having a rough time. You guys ever have rough days? I do too, just so you know. And I was having a rough day. And, and I was at this conference, and I just, for whatever reason that day, and I recognize it now, I didn't at the very beginning of it, but I just, the enemy was really attacking me, making me feel like I was just kind of worthless. And I was at this conference, and I'm walking around, and no one really was like acknowledging that I was there. No one was saying hi to me. Like I just kind of felt alone in this big sea of people. And, and when the conference started, I found myself kind of in the back of the room on this back row and worship is starting. And man, the enemy is just, the devil is just saying stuff to me and talking to me and throwing feelings at me. And by the way, a lot of you have experienced feelings from the enemy. 
We don't have any problem believing that the devil can throw some feelings at us sometimes. He can throw some feelings of fear and some feelings of rejection and some feelings of depression at us. So why, why is it that we doubt that, that, that God, who's more powerful than the enemy, can cause you to have some feelings contrary to what the enemy's trying to throw at you? So I'm feeling all these feelings, right? I'm in my feelings, right? And worship's going on. And I'm just, I remember I had this thought, and it's, I reckon it's from the enemy, but I had this thought, if you left right now, no one would even know. Like no one would know that you were here. No one would miss you. It wouldn't even matter. And, and it was in that moment, and here's the thing, because I knew the word, because I, I read the word. It's important that you do that from time to time, by the way. I read the word, so I know what the word of God says. God reminded me of Psalm 34, verse 1. that says, I will bless the Lord at all times. And so I'm staying there, and I don't feel like blessing the Lord. I don't feel like worshiping, but I knew I needed to. And so I just prayed a quick prayer. Lord, I'm having a tough time right now, and I just pray that I'm just going to worship you right now. I'm going to minister to you. And so I lifted my hands, and in faith, I walk by faith, not by feelings, I don't feel like it, but I'm going to walk by faith. I lifted my hands. You remember last week, Sarah talked about the Holy Spirit came as a rushing mighty wind. He wants to rush into your life. That's what happened. As soon as I lifted my hands, it was like the Holy Spirit was standing beside me, just going, come on, come on, just dig in, just walk by faith here, just walk by faith. And as soon as I did, bam, he came rushing in. And, I, and immediately I began to feel the love of God and the acceptance of God and the joy of the Lord. And I began to have other thoughts, these new thoughts from the Holy Spirit, God speaking to me saying, hey, I see you and I accept you and I got big plans for you and keep following me, keep chasing after me. And it changed everything, church. And I want you to know the Holy Spirit wants me and wants you to have experiences with God. Moments where we feel that, you know, that's something that I pray for for you every week when you come to church. I don't want you to show up at New Song and just hear a good talk and a couple of good songs and walk out. of That ain't going to change your life. What's going to change your life is an encounter with God. I want you to show up here and I want you to get in your car and I want you to be able to say, man, God was there today. Some of you have experienced that. You didn't even know what it was. I've heard, you've come up and you've talked to me. You said, when I first came here, I just, there's something about this place. Yeah, that's called the presence of God. <laughs> and he shows up here because we chase after him and invite him here and say, you're welcome here. Come, have your way in this place. We want you to move. Wind is unseen. You can't see it, but you can have experiences with it. And in the same way, the Holy Spirit wants to have experiences with you. He wants to come and he wants to engage with you and he wants to minister to you and he wants to talk to you and he wants to breathe life into you, but he won't come unless you invite him. See, that's the thing. The devil is a bully and he goes where he's not invited, but God is a gentleman. And if he's going to come and minister in your life, you have to invite him. When I invited him by lifting my hands, he showed up. So invite him in. And I believe you'll have experiences with the Holy Spirit. Here's number two. Wind is unpredictable. This week I was at the airport and, uh, there's all those little flags out at the airport. You ever seen these little flags that are blowing around? And, and they're out there to give real-time information to the pilots and to the, the grounds crew and to the people that are working there so that they know which way the wind is blowing because the wind can change in a moment. That's the thing about wind. It's very unpredictable. And, and in the same way, listen, the Holy Spirit in his nature, he's a little unpredictable. Now, when I say unpredictable, I don't mean he's that God is completely unpredictable because God is predictable. We know God through his word. 
And we know the will of God and we know the purposes of God. We know the plans of God. I I can tell you today that I know that God wants to bless you. I know that God wants to heal you. I know that God wants to set you free. I know that because I know the word of God. But how God accomplishes that, how he's going to make that come to pass in your life exactly, I can't tell you that. See, and the reason it's that way is because if God was just systematic and formulaic, then we would put our faith in systems and formulas instead of God. But you look at the Bible and and God moves in a lot of different ways. Now he accomplishes his purposes and will, but how he does it is not always the same. John 3 verse 8, Jesus says this, he says the wind, and by the way, that that wind there, that's the word pneuma, so this is talking about the Holy Spirit here, the wind blows wherever it pleases, you hear it sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going, so it is with everyone born of the Spirit. So the Holy Spirit of God and how God moves are not always predictable, And, and for some of you, this is the thing that kind of freaks you out a little bit about the Holy Spirit. If you're being totally honest, like, like you, you're not really sure, like, because you, you, you know this to be true or you think this to be true, you think, well, what if the Holy Spirit makes me do stuff because he's unpredictable? Maybe he's going to like take me over and make, cause me to do crazy, weird stuff in unpredictable ways. I, I don't, I don't know about that. Listen, the Holy Spirit is God. He's a part of the family of God, God, the father, God, the son, God, the Holy Spirit. And he's a part of the family of God. And he's not, like, listen, he's not the weird uncle part of the family of God, okay? (laughs) Like, he's not the guy that shows up at Thanksgiving and comes in with his own little cup that's in your family and you're going, oh, this is going to be interesting. That's not the Holy Spirit. And Jesus said this about him. He said he's going to be just like him. In fact, I'd encourage you to read this. I'm, I'm encouraging you to read the Bible this week, church. Read John 14, 15, and 16. Jesus talking about the Holy Spirit. In John 14, he says this about him. He's talking to his disciples. He's telling them, I'm going to be leaving, guys. But before I leave, I'm going to send someone to help you. Look at what he says. He says, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper. That word another is the Greek word alos. It means this. It means one of the very same kind, same character, same everything, nearly a duplicate. So Jesus is saying to his disciples, guys, I'm going to leave, but I'm sending someone who is just like me. Now, let me ask you a question. When Jesus is here on this earth in scripture, do you ever see him taking someone over and making them do crazy, unpredictable things? It doesn't exist in scripture that that happens. Let me ask you this. When you invited Jesus Christ to be your Lord and savior, did all of a sudden he begin to take you over and cause you to do things that you didn't want to do outside of your will? You know, it's the will of God that you would not sin anymore. But I doubt any of you in here, when you tried to sin after you made Jesus Lord of your life, that you just were like, oh, I'm going to sin. No, I can't. No, it doesn't work that way, right? You know, it's, it's the will of God that you would tell other people about Jesus, that all would come to life in Jesus Christ. And yet I doubt any of you have ever been on cue, you know, getting yourself a freezy cue and all of a sudden you black out. And when you come to, there's five people around you and they just all gave their life to Jesus. Honey, it was the weirdest thing. I was just getting a Slurpee and, you know, five people got saved. Jesus took over. No. You know, it's the will of God that you would be a giver and a tither. But I doubt any of you are coming into church and all of a sudden you're going, oh, no, I'm giving God. No, it doesn't happen. God doesn't take you over. Listen, God always operates within your will. Always operates within your will. Okay, so Jesus doesn't do that. So why do we think the Holy Spirit will do that? 
Jesus said the Holy Spirit would be a duplicate of him, just like him. But we've seen videos and we've heard stories. And so that's what we believe. I'm inviting you to believe the word of God. Not other people's opinions, not the crazy YouTube clips you've seen of people who were supposedly operating under the Holy Spirit's anointing, who were really operating under the anointing of crazy. <laughs> people like being crazy. You ever notice that? Some people just like being crazy. And they use the Holy Spirit as an excuse to draw some attention and get all up in their craziness. But the Holy Spirit isn't crazy. He's like Jesus. He's a gentleman. So here's what this tells me, guys. We can invite the Holy Spirit in. He's unpredictable in that we don't know exactly how he's going to accomplish what he's going to accomplish, but we know he's going to accomplish the will of God and he's going to do it in the right way and in a good way. And the Bible's full of this. The Bible is full of, of God moving outside of formula all over the place. You know, there's a place in the Bible where God speaks to Moses through a burning bush. You guys ever had a burning bush experience? I haven't, so I guess God's never talked to us. There's a place in, in the Bible where God tells the children of Israel to march around Jericho seven times and shout, and the walls will come tumbling down. You guys ever done that before? Probably good that that ain't happening. Some of you'd be walking around your neighbor's house, shouting, causing walls to come crashing down. In fact, there's a story, this is amazing, in Mark chapter 8, verse 22, if you want to turn there. Jesus, some people come to Jesus and they want him to perform a healing. Look at this, Mark 8, 22. They came to Bethsaida, that's talking about Jesus and his followers, and some people brought a blind man. Now look at this. And they begged Jesus to touch him. Notice they didn't say, it doesn't say they begged Jesus to heal him. It says they begged him to touch him. In other words, here's what they're saying. Hey, Jesus, do, do your little hand thing. Put your hand on this guy and, and make, him, make him healed. And so Jesus sees this and he's like, oh, you think it's a hand thing. You think it's hocus pocus. Well, it's not. And so he doesn't do that. Look at what he does. Mark 8, 23. And we, when he had spit on the man's eyes, Jesus, <laughs> and put his hands on him, Jesus says, do you see anything? Now, this is one of those verses. If you've been raised in church, you've heard this story before, but like really put yourself into this situation. Imagine you brought somebody to church with you today. And some of you did, and you're going, what? I don't know what he's doing today, but it's going to be okay. I promise he'll wrap it up good at the end of the church. But you brought somebody to church today, and you bring them down for prayer at the end of the service. You bring them down, and you're telling me, you know, they're telling me whatever's going on. And I'm like, all right, let me pray for you. <sighs> Lord, you're going to be over there going, oh man, oh, Carl, <laughs> Carl, I'm sorry, uh, bro, I, I got lunch for like the next month, I, 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 pro the, whoa, I don't know what he's doing, he normally does the hand thing, but today's the spit thing, I don't get it, <laughs> that's what Jesus does, but, but he heals the guy, look at what verse 25, then his eyes were opened, his sight was restored, and he saw everything clearly. Why did Jesus do it this way? Because he ain't a system. He's a real person. And he wanted them to see that their faith is not in a system. It's not in a thing. It's in a person. And his name is Jesus Christ. And so the Holy Spirit's going to move in your life. And he's going to accomplish the will in your life. But I can't tell you how he's always going to do it. But your faith is not in a system. I, I've been guilty of this. I remember one time 
I, I, I found myself in this place where I was trying to manipulate God into doing what I wanted him to do. So I was doing all these things, confessing the word, speaking the word, saying, the, you know, trying to kind of take all my faith kind of mumbo jumbo and throw it into the crock pot so that poof, God would give me what I wanted. That's not how it works. Faith is not in faith. Faith is in Jesus and the finished work of the cross and what that accomplishes for you. So yes, Wind is unpredictable, and the Holy Spirit is, un- is, is unpredictable in that we don't know exactly how he's going to accomplish what it is he wants to accomplish, but we know he's going to accomplish the will of God and the purposes of God if we allow him to come into our life. So we can say, once again, Holy Spirit, I trust you, and I welcome you in. You're just like Jesus. You're not crazy. You're not weird. You're not going to make me do weird stuff, so I invite you in to move in my life. I don't exactly know how you're going to do it, but I know that you want to accomplish healing for me, and I know that you want to accomplish blessing me. And I know that you want to use me. And so I invite you and have your way in my life in Jesus name. Wind is unpredictable. Here's number three. Wind is powerful. We live in Oklahoma, don't we? We get this one. We've all seen the effects that like a tornado can have. We live in tornado alley. We've seen what tornadoes can do. If you get in your car and you drive towards Amarillo or you drive towards Dallas on your way there, you're going to find these big wind turbines out there. And what do they do? They're collecting wind energy and converting it into power because wind is powerful. And I want you to know the Holy Spirit is power for you. He is not a power. He's a person, but he wants to deliver power into your life. And some of you, in fact, all of you need some power. We all face stuff that's beyond our own ability to handle. And we need the power of the breath of God breathing his fresh anointing power into our life to help us. Acts 1.8 says you will receive power. Everybody say power. power. After the Holy Spirit comes on you. You receive power after the Holy Spirit comes on you. You know, the Bible tells us the, 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 the role of the Holy Spirit. He wants to come into your life. He wants to give you power to live the Christian life. He wants to guide you into all truth. He wants to tell you things to come. And he wants to walk with you. Let me ask you something. Who do you think would want to keep you from the person of power being engaged in your life in that way. Maybe the devil, maybe just maybe, he doesn't want you to, to know the person of the Holy Spirit because he knows if he can keep you from that, he can keep you from walking in the fullness of life God's called you to. So what does he do? He, he just convinces you that yes, God's, God's good and God's love and Jesus died for you, but, but that Holy Spirit stuff, you better be careful. And so we, we take that attitude and we say, God, I want you and I want Jesus, but Holy Spirit, eh, I don't know that I can trust you. You could get a little unpredictable and weird, and so you just, you just stay over there. Now remember, this is God we're talking about. So what you're saying is, God, I don't really want all of you. I don't trust you there. So you stay... a a distance over there. I'm not going to fully let you in. Like how, how insulting is that to God? And what we don't realize is by doing so, we're keeping the very helper that Jesus sent to help us and to empower us from us. And what we do is in that moment, we're actually inviting the enemy in to do what he does, which is steal and kill and destroy The Holy Spirit wants to empower you. He wants to breathe fresh life into you. You know, sometimes, I've used this illustration before, but it really is so good, especially when it comes to the Holy Spirit. 
Some of us, we're going through life and it's like we're in that little rowboat and we're just kind of rowing along and we're working so hard to try to get down the road and we're going in different directions and we, the current starts pulling us another way. What God invites you to is he's saying, hey, just raise the sails. Just invite the Holy Spirit. And then the Holy Spirit's wind will breathe into your life and it'll catch those sails and he will push you in the right direction. But you gotta raise the sails. You gotta say, God, I need your power in my life. And so I, once again, I invite you in. I say, have your way in my life. Here's number four, wind is refreshing. Wind is refreshing. This season's kind of coming to an end where the, you know, the heat is just terrible, but wasn't that long ago that it was summertime and we get in our cars on a hot day. Your car's been outside baking with the windows up and you get in your car and it just feels miserable, right? I mean, you get in there and you're immediately like, oh my gosh, and you're sweating and it's just not good. So what do we do? We crank up the AC, turn it on full blast. It's just blowing in our faces. And what happens is all of a sudden, the atmosphere begins to change. Now, the atmosphere doesn't change and then all of a sudden, you know, you had a Honda Accord dashboard and it becomes a Porsche dashboard. That's not what happens. You're still in the same environment, but the atmosphere changes. See, sometimes what we want is we want God to just pull us out of the environment, change the environment. What the Holy Spirit wants to do is he wants to breathe life into the environment change the atmosphere in the environment so that you can get everything out of that environment, get comfortable in the seat he has you in so that you can move into the next seat that he has for you. But until you get comfortable in this seat and learn how to, how to invite the atmosphere of the Holy Spirit into this seat, you ain't moving to the next. This is good preaching. The Holy Spirit wants to refresh you. He wants to come along. He wants to breathe life into dreams that you've laid down. He wants to breathe life into vision for you. In fact, the Bible says it like this. This is such a cool verse. 1 Corinthians 2, 9, 10. What no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, what no human mind can conceive, the things God has prepared for those who love him. God has stuff in store for you that's, that if he showed it to you, you couldn't wrap your brain around it. If he told it to you, you wouldn't believe it. If you saw it, you, you, you just, you'd be like, me, I, there's no way that could ever happen. We couldn't wrap our brain around it. And yet God wants you to have faith for it. So how does he do that? He does that through the Holy Spirit. He gets you there through the Holy Spirit. Verse 10, these things God has revealed to us by his spirit. So the, the spirit of God begins to help us to move from those things becoming dreams and these big things that are beyond our ability to be things that we're actually walking in, that we're experiencing. He moves us from here to there. He empowers us to get from here to there. He breathes life into you, breathes dreams into you, breathes vision into you. This verse is so good. If you get nothing else out of it today, get this verse. Write this down, circle this, highlight this. Ephesians 4.30 it says, don't grieve God. Don't break his heart. Hear those words. Don't break the heart of God. His Holy Spirit moving and breathing in you is the most intimate part of your life, making you fit for himself. Don't take such a gift for granted. Let that verse, just meditate on that verse for a while. That it breaks the heart of God when we take the Holy Spirit for granted. I think the church, not this church, but a lot of churches are breaking the heart of God right now. Because we, we talk about religion tries to do a God thing without God trying to do a God thing without inviting the Holy Spirit who is God into what they're doing. And they're grieving the heart of God. 
and they're not walking in the fullness of what God's called them to walk in. That ain't gonna be this church. And maybe you find yourself there today and you go, okay, I see what you're saying. How do I change it? Let me give you three quick things as we close today. Here's number one, let go of fears and misperceptions. If you have fears about the Holy Spirit or doubts about the Holy Spirit, I'm guessing they are not based on the word of God. They're based on the word of mouth or they're based on a video or something else that you've seen, but they're not based on scripture. I'm inviting you to believe the word of God over word of mouth. I'm inviting you to believe, don't even take my word for it. Get in, look at these, look at these verses I've given you. Study this for yourself. I'm telling you, you'll come back and you'll say, Pastor Josh, this is incredible. This is incredible what Jesus promised us through the Holy Spirit. Proverbs 3 verse 5 says, trust God from the bottom of your heart. Remember the Holy Spirit's God. Do you trust him? If you don't, get to a place where you can. Trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure this out on your own. Let go of any fears, misperceptions that you have. Here's number two, go all in. If you want to get anywhere with God, listen, you got to go all in with God. All in. Like if God is anywhere but first on your list in any area of your life, then he ain't God. Like God doesn't want to be number five. God doesn't want to be, listen, number two. He wants to be number one. And if he's anything but that, he's not God and he can't be fully God to you. And, and I'm telling you, I, I see it so often. I've been in ministry for 20, over 20 years. I know I don't look like I'm much over 25, but I'm actually gonna be 40 in a couple weeks. But I've been in full-time ministry since I was 18 years old. And I, I've seen it in the church. I've seen, I've seen the results of the people who have one toe in the church and one toe in the world. I've seen what happens. And let me just tell you, it's dangerous. It's extremely dangerous. When we model that for our marriage, when we model that for our kids, some of the craziest stories of kids come from lukewarm parents that went to church every now and then, but weren't all in. I'm not trying to scare you. I'm trying to wake you up. It's dangerous. When we live a life with our kids where we say, oh, it's baseball season. So for six weeks, we ain't going to church. You know what you just told your child? God ain't that important. Baseball's number one. And when they don't go pro, cause they won't. Amen. What have you left him with? A legacy that says, eh, whatever. I'll go when I feel good about it. But, but here's the thing. Some of you, the reason that happened is because, and the reason this happens is because you're in dead churches. So we ain't a dead church here. We're a life-giving body of believers here to further the kingdom of God, advance what Jesus wants to do, empowered by the Holy Spirit to do it. So you got to go all in. Number three, develop an intimate friendship with the Holy Spirit. Develop an intimate friendship with the Holy Spirit. That's who the Holy Spirit wants to be. Understand this about God. God the Father, God the Son, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit all have a role in your life. 2 Corinthians 13, 14 talks about this. It says, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. The grace is the cross. The grace is the love of Jesus for you that was displayed through the cross. Jesus went to the cross to die on the cross for your sins, to save you, to, to forgive you of your sins, to make a way so you could have a connection with God. And then it goes on to say, and the love of God, that's God's role. He wants to, he loves you. And listen, some of you need to hear this this morning. He loves you. 
God loves you. He loves you right where you are. He doesn't want to leave you where you are. That's why he sent Jesus. That's why grace is available. But he loves you and he'll accept you right where you are so that he can help change you into the image of Christ by the grace of Jesus Christ. And for some of us, that's where it is. Stop right there. God loves me. Jesus saved me. Good to go. But there's another part. Look at this. And the communion, that word communion means friendship. And the friendship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Can I get a amen? Okay, so God the Father loves me. God the Son saves me. And here's the third part. God the Holy Spirit is with me. And over and over again, John 14, 15, 16, read it yourself. Jesus talks about the helper of the Holy Spirit. That word helper means he's someone sent to walk beside you and help you. And, and in John uh, 16, Jesus says he's going he's gonna to guide you into all truth and he's going to show you things to come. In other words, he's going to tell you the future. That's pretty cool. I, I read one time that, that the average psychic, the average psychic makes $200 an hour. 200 bucks an hour. That's on par with like what some lawyers and doctors make who have spent 12 years in college. Some of these psychics are making that and people pay them. Why? Because people want to know the future. I got good news for you. You can know the future and you don't have to go to some demon possessed psychic to find out what it is. The Holy Spirit wants to guide you in all truth and tell you things to come. I hope you see today, this is amazing. And this is the word. This isn't my opinion. This is God's word. And I've seen it. I've seen God fulfill this in my life. God wants to breathe life into you today. He wants to breathe wind into your sails. He wants to give you power, but you got to invite him in. You got to invite the Holy Spirit into your life. And if you will, he'll come rushing and he'll begin to move and, and minister to you and help you and lead you into incredible things. Next week, we're going to talk about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, talk about the tools of the Holy Spirit and how through the Holy Spirit, God can help you to remodel your life. The next week after that, I'm gonna to talk to you about how to receive the fullness of the Holy Spirit. I'm gonna talk about a third baptism that we receive in the Holy Spirit. It's gonna be really good. And then the week after that, I'm gonna to talk to you about the prayer language. And I promise you, it ain't gonna be weird. It ain't gonna be scary. I ain't weird, I ain't scary. I'm cool. I did. I do all this stuff. I got this going on with me. You don't have to be scared of the Holy Spirit. I want to encourage you, be here every week. What God has in store for this church is big. Where God has gotten us to this point has been amazing. And it's been done and powered by the Holy Spirit. And where we're going will be done and accomplished by the power of the Holy Spirit. I don't want to hold services. I don't want to just go through the motions. I want to bring people to encounters with Jesus Christ. And in order for that to happen, we have to invite the Holy Spirit and the presence of God to move in our midst. Can I get an amen? amen? Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Lord, we love you. We thank you for your goodness and your grace and your mercy. And we thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit. And Lord, today we say, maybe we've had some misperceptions of the Holy Spirit. We've seen him the wrong way. And if, if that's the case, and we've grieved God, we say right now we repent and we're sorry. And we say, God, that we trust you, Jesus. And because we know the Holy Spirit's like you, we know we can trust the Holy Spirit. And so we invite you in our life fully. We don't say to you, you can come, but keep your distance. We say, we want all that you have. We recognize that you wanna help us to accomplish the purposes and wills of God. 
And we know that you will do it in ways that we don't always fully see, but we trust that you'll do it. And we love you and we thank you for not leaving us alone. Not Jesus, when you left, you didn't leave us alone. You didn't leave us to just kind of doggy paddle through life, but you gave us the helper. Thank you for that, Lord. Thank you for the helper of the Holy Spirit. With your head still bowed and your eyes closed, if you're here this morning, and maybe you don't know, that you've never done the first part. You've never accepted the grace of Jesus Christ, the gift of love that God gave us through Jesus. And, and maybe today you know that you're far from God. Maybe you recognize today that, that you're not living a life submitted to God and submitted to his word. And maybe there's some sin in your life that you know is keeping you from God. And, and you wanna get that right today. If that's you, I wanna pray with you. And by simply praying a prayer, believing in your heart and confessing with your mouth, you can be made a child of God. You can be what the Bible calls born again. You receive a brand new spirit, all your sin, all that stuff gets washed away. You become new through Jesus Christ. It's an incredible, incredible, powerful thing. And I wanna invite you to that right now. If you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, or maybe today you wanna rededicate your life to Jesus, I wanna invite you to that. So would you pray this prayer with me in church? Since we're all in agreement, let's pray this together. Say, Father God, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for sending your son to die on the cross for my sins. Jesus, I believe that you died for me. And I believe that you rose from the grave so I could be raised to new life in you. So Jesus, I give you my life. I give you my past. I give you my present. I give you my future. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. In Jesus' name. Amen. Church, let's give those a hand that just prayed that prayer. So awesome. The Bible says right now that heaven is celebrating. For those of you who prayed that prayer to make Jesus your Lord, heaven is throwing a party right now. They are getting down in heaven right now. And we're so proud of you. And I want to invite our altar ministry team to come down at this time. If you're here today and you have a prayer need of any kind, we'd love to pray for you. Uh, if something's going on in your life, maybe it's happening in your finances or your health, maybe you're dealing with something, a mental battle, or maybe you're just believing God for something, we would love to join our faith with yours. We say around here, if it matters to you, it matters to God. No matter how big or small it is, it matters to God. And so we'd love to pray with you. And I also want to encourage those of you who prayed that prayer to either make Jesus the Lord of your life or to rededicate your life. I want to encourage you to take one more step. The Bible tells us that, in fact, Jesus says, if you confess me before men, I'll confess you before my father. And I'm glad that you prayed that prayer, but there's one more step. You need to confess what Jesus has done in your life before somebody. Maybe it's a friend you're with, or maybe it's one of our altar ministers, but don't leave today without letting someone know, hey, I prayed that prayer and I really meant it. And if you come up here and let one of these guys know, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna give you a gift. We got a really, really great book that's gonna help you to walk out the next steps of your life, to step into the fullness of what Jesus has called you to. It's called 10 Steps Toward Christ. It's a great resource. We'd love to put that in your hands. So don't leave without doing that. Church, would you stay with me? At this time, if you need prayer, feel free to come down. If you want to let people know you got saved today, feel free to come down. Otherwise, let's take one more moment and let's just engage with the heart of God. Worship Him one more time. Maybe you don't feel like it, but we're not moved by what we feel. We're moved by the Word and the truth, and that's what sets us free. Maybe you need freedom right now. Lift your hands. Let's worship the Lord. Lord, we love you. Thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit. Thank you for the goodness of God and the love of Jesus and the grace of Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. And I pray if there's anyone in this room today that has a prayer need of any kind, that they would be drawn to the altars to receive all that you have for them. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message from New Song Church. If you have a prayer need or would like more information about New Song, you can email info at newsongpeople.com. 
If you would like to partner with New Song through giving, go to www.newsongpeople.com forward slash give. And if you want to stay connected to New Song, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching for New Song People.